This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome into Hour 2 of the program. It is Sportsnet Today. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. We have a simple, permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems at all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Cam is in the other room. Taylor's in the other room. Shan's here as well. Making sure this ship is running smooth on a Tuesday. Hour one, lots of Noah Hannafin talk around uh, trade value, trade partners. We're from a couple different voices on that. Adam Vinion from Sportsnet joining us as well. All of that will be on the hour one pod available wherever you get your podcasts shortly. Uh, coming up in hour two, we have a WPCA report to get to in just moments, but we'll also have uh, day two of our Stampede Super Passes to give away. So if you're listening live, get your texting fingers ready at 960-960. We'll do that coming up a little bit later on, plus a Stamps report and a Jays report all throughout the next hour. So keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. But it is time for the WPCA report. It's time for the World Professional Truck Wagon Association report. Hear the latest updates from the world of the WPCA and exclusive interviews with the biggest drivers in the sport. The WPCA Insider Report brought to you by the World Professional Truck Wagon Association. Racing to the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino World Finals, August 23rd to 27th. You can get your tickets now at showpass.com. And joining us for the WPCA report this afternoon, very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in Chad Fike this afternoon. Chad, thanks for doing this today, man. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, congratulations. First WPCA victory under your belt in Dewberry. How does that feel, man? Yeah, it was good. I feel like I got a monkey off my back in a sense. I've uh, been in enough dashes here. I, <laughs> I felt like it was probably my turn to, to come out with the victory. Uh, and like you've mentioned, you've been at it for a long time. You weren't at Dewberry last year, but now you've got that first one under your belt. It's something that you've been working for for a very long time. I imagine it's a, a, probably a relief, but nice to get it done early in the season too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, driving some new horses and stuff there and um, got a lot of young prospects that are uh, looking good. Uh, you mentioned you've been in the dash a, a couple times, and this time you were the leading on setter to get that number one barrel. You got it uh, heading into there. How important is that when you, you're talking about getting that, that starting position off that one barrel? Well, uh, the outfit that I got, uh, they're pretty consistently tough off the one barrel. Um, last year we made it to three different dashes, and 
we put ourselves top the aggregate at one of the shows and we still ended up in the three barrel so it's just kind of a luck of the draw and it didn't work out in our favor so the barrel draw always makes me the most nervous it seems like <laughs> uh, when it gets to the race it's uh it was a lot more comfortable feeling being on the one barrel uh, was it something that you were thinking about heading into the season chad getting that first win under your belt i mean it's it's always uh what we work for all winter and all spring is um is is to win shows and and win championships so i mean that's it's been on my mind my whole career i guess so yeah yeah, it's just nice to see it come to fruition. Uh, and an interesting setup in Dubrovnik, one where it sounded like you were planning on going with uh, a bit of a younger outfit, and they did so well in the aggregate, you decided to give them a, a bit of a rest heading into that dash. Can you just talk to us uh, and the people listening about how that, that puzzle sort of fits in the pen and how you're deciding what horses you're going to use and when? Yeah, well, um, the whole point of going to Dewberry for myself was to, to get some of the younger horses in some races. Um, so I put a couple horses in their first race on the wagon and one horse in his first race in the outriding pen as well. And then the other three horses on the outfit were just second-year horses. So um, they, a couple of them were in the first-time races in those positions on the wagon, and, and they did good. And, yeah, no, we were happy with them. And uh, it's something that your outriders had to deal with as well. I've read a couple times you've talked about using some younger horses for your guys there, and you were extremely proud of how they managed up in Dubrovnik as well. Yeah, I had uh, um, Trey McGillivray and Tyler DeSutter out riding for me there, and um, we swapped positions with them, holding meters and stove, and, and sent Trey on a new one the one night behind, and he he did a great job on that horse as well. So, yeah, to have a professional crew riding with you is um well, it's not only important, it's essential. And it's something that you, you know well. You've spent time uh, as an outrider. I mean, this is in your blood. It's you know, it's a generational thing in your family, Chad. But you know just how hard it is to be an outrider and you know get tasked with a younger horse like that in an important race. And I imagine you're, you're proud of those guys and your whole outfit. Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, as an outrider, you can't really speed an outfit up, but you can sure slow them down by taking penalties. So, yeah. so there's a quite a substantial amount of pressure that them guys have so you learn to deal with it as an outrider and i think it carries through and helps a guy once you start driving as well uh talk to us about the the family part of it for you i, I mentioned your fourth generation chuck wagon competitor you've got a great grandfather that was in it your grandfather as well your brother is a fellow driver your mom's uh, a former wpca judge uh in all of this i imagine this is something that's been on your mind and something that's kind of been in almost your destiny as a family member uh, to get into the chucks I guess so, yeah. Uh, me and my brother grew up racing our pedal bikes, pretending we were winning chuck wagon races, <laughs> emulating your favorite driver at the time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely something that's bred into you, and, and yeah, you just carry it on. Uh, how involved, are, I know you got two kids, how involved are, are they in watching Dad and what you guys do on a daily basis now in the summer? Well, they love coming on the road with us. I got a, a ton of other families with kids their age um, around, and we only seem to see them at meal times. They're off playing with all the other kids. Other than that, they come home to eat. And um, yeah, they didn't even get in the wind picture with me because they were wild pony racing there after the, <laughs> after the show. So they they had other things on their mind. They didn't really care about dad winning. <laughs> yeah, so I mentioned that's how it goes. First first WPCA win for dad. Can't find the kids anywhere for the picture. So they'll just have to hang it up on their wall and watch it in the future, eh? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, they were they were all about winning the wild pony race, so they have their own goals in mind. Uh, now uh, the season continues for you guys. You're up to Medicine Hat just a couple of days uh, in between. Give us a bit of the, the game plan for yourself as you head into uh, another uh, stop on the tour. Well, yeah, um, coming down here, obviously I got some confidence in some of them newer horses that I got in some races, so um, we know we can take them to the races and be competitive. So uh, gearing up to these bigger shows coming up, we're, uh, we got a pretty deep barn and, and we're going to start setting these outfits up so, so they're ready for, for the Pinocas and Calgary's coming up, coming up here. It gives you a lot of different options after a weekend like that in Dewberry to, to try different horses. I'm always interested in that side of it, Chad, because it feels like it's a, a season-long puzzle trying to figure out what your best outfit is for any given event. It really is, and just as soon as you think you got it figured out, uh, a wrench gets thrown into your plans and you got to figure something else out too. But just knowing that you got options in the barn because starting out uh, – when I first started driving, what you had is what you had, and you didn't really have the options. So now that I know I got some competitive options that I can go with, not just one good outfit, um, yeah, it, it gives us confidence going ahead here. Does it change uh, venue to venue, I guess, track to track for you guys? Do you have horses that perform better in certain circumstances, or is that uh, something that's you know maybe a learn and see as the season goes on? I think so. Um some horses, like you can, you can see certain drivers are more competitive at certain shows for sure. Some horses like running on different uh, surfaces of racetracks compared to others, and some are heavier, some are some are harder racetracks, and different guys' outfits excel. So yeah, you'll see a lot of times the guys blossoming at the same tracks year after year. Uh, Chad Fike along with us, WPCA report here on Sportsnet 960, uh, coming off his first win uh, on the WPCA. And Chad, uh, as every driver knows, uh, it's a big part of it with the sponsors involved and uh, the people that help you get there. I'll give you a chance now if you want to, to shout out any of the sponsors, the people that helped you get there. And I'm obviously coming off a big win like that. Uh, Got to be a good feeling for everybody involved. Yeah, 100%. Um, sponsors are, are what gets us down the road for sure. Um, we wouldn't be able to do it without them. I'm blessed with uh, a lot of great sponsors um, up in Bonneville and Dewberry. Alice Contracting Tarp is is the tarp we're running there, and uh, yeah, we have different sponsors from um, from our farrier supply to our feeding program with Hoffman's and and the Shoebox um, Farrier Supply. Um, yeah, we we got great sponsors everywhere we go, and and sponsors become friends and family as well uh chad congratulations on your first win man i know it's been a long time coming hopefully it leads to uh more as the summer goes on uh best of luck in medicine hat and thank you for the time today really appreciate it yeah absolutely thanks for the interview take care chad joining us uh, down the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline uh as part of the wpca insider report and that's brought to you by the world professional chuck wagon association racing to the century downs racetrack and casino world finals August 23rd to 27th. You can get your tickets now at showpass.com. And we continue uh, as we look at the WPCA schedule upcoming. Grand Prairie, Bonneville, Dewberry, all in the books. Next up, Medicine Hat for their exhibition and stampede. Coming up starts on the 22nd. So this Thursday runs until Sunday. And we're starting to get to that point of the summer where some of the bigger uh, events, the bigger, it's not just you know races, it's the whole exhibition or obviously Looking forward to the Pinocchio Stampede, Calgary Stampede. You've heard of it. Uh, it's coming up around the corner July 7th. We're almost there already. 
Battle of the Foothills uh, down in my part of the uh, world, Southern Alberta, uh, for the uh, High River Battle of the Foothills. We got Strathmore Stampede, Battle of the North in Dawson Creek. So a ton of great events. I know plenty of listeners out there going out and about uh, throughout Alberta this summer, enjoying some traveling. If you want to check out some of these great races, some of these great events that happen throughout our province, WPCA.com, right at the top there, schedule and race results, and you can get a full look at the next coming events or maybe plan for one coming up a little bit later on. Maybe if Stampede's not your time, you're a little too busy to get down or the grounds are a little too busy, there's so many great options to check out, like I mentioned, whether it's Medicine Hat, whether it's Pinoca, or heading down the High River. It's not that far of a drive uh, to head down the highway and enjoy a great event uh, in uh, f- in High River or any of these other great locations. So uh, WPCA.com, they've got all your standings if you want to keep up with how the racers are doing. Uh, and uh, congratulations once again to Chad Fike and his outfit uh, for picking up his first WPCA victory over the weekend in Dewberry. And we mentioned the Calgary Stampede. It's coming up July 7th to the 16th, and all week long here on Sportsnet today. If you're listening live, we've got Stampede Super Passes to give away. We're giving away a pair every single day here on the program. Uh, If you're not sure what a Stampede Super Pass is, it's 10 days of unlimited entry to the Calgary Stampede. So July 7th to the 16th, if you want to go into the Stampede, 50 times to do 50 different things. Your super pass will allow you to do that, and we're giving you a uh, a pair of them every single day here on the program. Yesterday on the program, we did it with our Noah Hannafin mock trades. Uh, today, I've left it to the devices of my sometimes outstanding producers, Cam, Taylor, and Shan. Uh, they had to come up with it today, and uh, Taylor, you might have heard her from the Blue Jays report, uh, Taylor Dingman, regular on the program. Taylor, you've got today's question for the text line, correct? I do. So the rules are simple. It's 960-960 if you're listening live. If you're uh, online, we'll give you some time to uh, to get your answers in as well. I know the feed's usually a minute or two behind, so we'll give you some time to uh, to dive into it as well. I need your first and last name on the text. If you don't have your first and last name on there, it's it's too bad, so sad. I uh, appreciate you texting in, but we, we can't give it to you. So those are the rules. Uh, and just answer the question, first and last name on the text, and we'll uh, randomly select a winner for today's passes, uh, the Stampede Super Passes. Taylor, could you give us uh, today's question for the text line? So over the past couple of weeks, we've heard about how fun Chuck Wagon can be. But there's a lot of other events at the Stampede, and so we want to know if you could participate in one event at the Calgary Stampede, what would it be? 960-960, you could participate in one event at the Calgary Stampede, what would it be? Remember, the greatest outdoor show on earth is back July 7th to 16th, 2023, from the rodeo, midway rides, live music to the food we've all been craving. Start your countdown to the 2023 Calgary Stampede, yeehaw! It's almost here, and we got super passes to give away for some lucky cow folk. Uh, Taylor, what event would you participate in? That's hard. I have not put any thought into this. You made the question and you didn't put any thought into it? No. Wonderful. Shan, you're an intern. You've done silly things. You're going to go to the Stampede. What are you going to do? I think bull riding. I think I'm uh, You're I'm nuts. prepared for that. You're no, I- Unbelievably silly. You value your life or no? no? I, I think I'd like to give it a shot. I think You're you know, eight nuts. seconds you stay on a bull, I, I'd give it a shot. I you need a big are, helmet. Holy though. Cam, please give me something safer than that. 
I think chuck wagon racing would be my thing. Just barreling down with a bunch of horses in front of me. That's that's got to be the play. I think it feels my feels my need for speed. You You're know? all missing the point of this. There's so many great things to do at Stampede. Uh, I'm not going to do anything life defying, like death defying. Like, that's just silly. Uh, I'll do something like taste tester of new foods on the midway. Oh, that's what you're going to do. Yeah, I will test safety precautions on rides. I'll do those sort of things, but more fun things. Like, do I don't like- want to, like, if they're like, oh, you can be the, uh, the, you know, a bull rider for a day. Like, shit, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you're nuts. And all of you on the text line, night, you're nuts. Bull riding is insane. Hey, but one, what no other time are you going that. to have the opportunity to bull ride? I don't want the opportunity to bull ride. That's a mean bull, and I am a soft individual who could not I wouldn't last four seconds on that thing, and I'd just be trampled to Get death. Thrown not straight chance. off. No way. Trampled. Oh, awful. You'd rather be testing the food or maybe doing super dogs, you know, being a a dog trainer at the super dogs. A dog can jump off of me. You can use me as a ramp or anything. (laughs) That is much safer than any of you on the text line or like our intern Shan over there. Plus, you get to hang out with a bunch of dogs all day. And that sounds like a dream. And hey, look, if you have the ability to to calf rope or to be an outrider, God bless you, because you're a much more talented human being than I am. But I'm, I'm just here to tell you that I don't think it's at all as easy as some of these uh, ladies and gentlemen make it look. Because I am, that's one of those things. Like, oh, would you ever do the running of the? No, I would never do the running of the bulls. That's absolutely insane. Let me alone put me in a a, a pen with one of them in an enclosed location a with wish. a bull. Not a chance. <laughs> I would just be internally part of the dirt. <laughs> you just pound me into the, the foundation of the Calgary Stampede. That's where I would be. This is a really niche Stampede pick, but I want to pick this one out because guy texts in and says, I want to be the announcer on the Himalaya ride who says, put your hands up in the air like you just don't care. Do you want to go faster? That's oh, the that's a good one. Ted with a really good one. That's there. a niche Stampede pull. That's I like true. that one. Somebody scream. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's you gotta. Like, I want to be the guy responsible for turning that would get. turning the mouses on the crazy mouse roller coaster. That's my job. Hmm, it's not a bad one. I can't believe how many of them like saddle bronc, bull rider. See, and now Curtis has an interesting one here. Would you be the clown? Oh no! In the bull riding pen? Oh no! Shan, would you be <laughs> up for that? What if they said you can't? We're not going to put you on a bull. But if you would like to, just distract the bull with your body. Put the nose on. Would you do that? I, I've been called a clown before. Uh, I, well, I don't. A, I don't think I'm set to be a rodeo clown. To be honest, I. Uh, I, I think I'd get. No, I'll, I'll give you that answer for free. I think. Listen, riding the bull. The reason I said that. You give me a big enough helmet. I think I'd feel somewhat safe. But if I'm on the ground all the time and I'm actually directing it towards me, I'm done. I'm cooked. Would you have a bunch of padding too? Or just the giant helmet? I think I think you give me some. Yeah, I, I need some. I need some goalie pads. I think we need to <laughs> wrap you in bubble wrap. Yeah, I think. But if you give me like six layers of protection, I'd do it. But I, the the clown eye, that's that looks scary. That's one that's probably underappreciated at rodeos. Yeah, is the, is the clown or any of the guys that's trying death, to death defying acts being that clown? I mean, you don't even get. The thrill of maybe getting eight seconds. Like if you get mauled, they're just gonna bring in another clown and 
and move on with the day. Like the rodeo has to go on. That's your job. Your job is to distract the angry horned animal. Those guys have to get so much in like hazard pay. I can't imagine what a a salary of a rodeo clown would be like. I think insurance would be expensive. It's probably not enough. Sorry, what are you doing for 10 days? Oh, you're going to dress up as a clown in front of Lock yourself in a cage Mm. for eight seconds a day for eight hours. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll pay you. Why not? I love from a quick Google Stumpy. search. Yes, rodeo clowns make between a hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred thousand. Okay, wait, that's gonna be the wait. No, way. maybe I would dress up in the little clown outfit for. That's gonna be like the top end rodeo clown, right? Like the Connor McDavid of rodeo clowns, <laughs> right? The LeBron. Yeah. Like you have to be at every event. This one says a hundred to five hundred per event. Yo, okay. So I don't hundred to five hundred per event. Yeah, so like hundred dollars. Well, it's depending on how many events you be a clown for. Yeah, like if I was to be honest, if I was to to reach one hundred fifty thousand dollars as a rodeo clown, you'd have to be at every event, right? Average national salary is about sixty grand in Canada for a rodeo clown. Not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care. Uh, some of our favorite ones uh, here at 960960. Um, Todd says, I'd like to be the human cannonball. That's really good. <laughs> Hasn't that gone wrong before, though? Yeah. Didn't, Am I didn't missing something... that wrong about like the netting going wrong on a human cannonball one time? Hang on. I'll look into this. You don't need to go too deep into that, but I believe that's happened before. Uh, Sean with the... It's still a dangerous one, but if you were the guy opening the chute for the bull riding, right? You're still involved. You could just hide behind the door. That works. Okay, so yeah, Stampede 2011 human cannonball launch. He sends the the athlete out of the tube. I don't know what you would call it. I don't sure. Call he flying through the air, and then okay. net just yeah, falls. See, I'm pretty. Yeah, that was something that's happened. Before. That would scare the ever living life out of me. That's another thing. If I had a big enough helmet, I'd do it. <laughs> Jeez. Shan's just willing to put his body on the line. I respect it, but stupidity and bravery aren't that far apart, pal. <laughs> I have to be honest. Uh, Greg says at the Stampede, I could be the man eating chicken. That's pretty good. It's a good job. It's a good gig if you can get it. Hard to give it up, though. Matt texting in saying, be the food judge. Go and try yeah, out all the see, crazy. Exactly. Hey, if you want to put, you know, Ketchup and mustard, uh, ice cream on your palate for that day. I will, I will happily watch you do that, and maybe pay you to do it. Well, see, that's the that's thing. Is nasty. If we have to talk about that. Is the food vendor is a like the food judge would be a hit and miss job. There's a lot of. There's things. some really delicious things. Some really nasty things, and too. there's some things that uh, I don't know that I'd be so inclined to to go for. Like, <laughs> I'm looking through this. You know, Fruit Loop funnel cake. Sure. Cherry cheesecake menu donut, great. We talked about ketchup and mustard ice cream, not so great. And then it's just like neon hot dogs, red and blue hot dogs. Yeah, I mean that's fine. That's probably just food coloring. That's when <laughs> yeah. you get to like I don't know cricket shakes know or something that you kind of <laughs> the spicy pickle yeah. lemonade. Yes, I'd try it. anything once. Pickle. And uh, <laughs> this one. There's always someone that's got to bring down the mood. It's been great. The text line's been blown off at 960-960. I appreciate it all. Uh, there's just one guy that's got to be like this. Uh, they're not called rodeo clowns. Get with the times. 
All right, six eight seven three. What 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 should we call them? What is the what's the proper terminology there? Because clearly we're uneducated. That's well. Okay, first of all, we work in radio. Of course, we're uneducated. <laughs> uh, second of all, plenty of people have used the rodeo clown terminology. Apparently, we're not with the times. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to educate myself and research myself on the the history and the impact of the rodeo, not clown. Just did a quick Google search here. Uh, the term bullfighter is, is now replaced rodeo. Oh. That sounds so, like you're fighting still, the bull. Still a rodeo like you clown. are you are trying to physically have an altercation with this bull. No, I don't think you want to. I think you're there for safety precautions, but lot I'm of, still gonna call them rodeo clowns. A lot I of really barrel don't. racers coming through. I really don't. I like it. Uh, I like Corey's uh, thought process here. Stampede parade marshal. That's a great job. Jeremy says uh, the cooling station guy. That's a good one to have. When it's 30 degrees, you're dehydrated. Get the mist you, coming through. You only have $11 in your pocket, and that's not enough to get a drink. The cooling station is the way to go. We have our name, the correct title. Yeah, Shan just said it. Bull distracting technician or bull distraction strategist is the correct term for what we were so uh, incorrectly calling the radio clown. Yeah. Or the bull distraction clown. strategist. <laughs> and then this guy says, rodeo clown is the correct term. I worked in rodeo my whole life. A bullfighter <laughs> is a different job. <laughs> Somebody you know, still says professional bullfighter. Yeah, I'm going to go with the rodeo guy. Uh, and then we'll end off with Mark here. Uh, this one says, hey, guys, I've been a food judge of the Calgary Stampede for the last nine years. And yes. You taste some really cool foods and some really bad ones. Uh, I believe that's probably how it goes. Uh, We will take a break. During the break, our randomizer will randomly select uh, a winner of our super passes. Uh, If your first and last name was on the text that you threw it in, uh, you'll be entered to win that. We'll let you know who the winner is around the corner. And we'll also bring you the latest from the Calgary Stampeders. Matt Rose has a stamps report. Taylor Dingman got a Jays report. That's how we're going to close out the hour. Thanks for tuning in. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, we are closing out Hour 2. Sportsnet Today on this Tuesday. Uh, Shifting over to the Calgary Stampeders. uh, Back on the practice field for a little bit today uh, before the rain forced them inside. Uh, Stamps getting set for a week three matchup against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Saturday night at McMahon Stadium. It's an injured bunch right now, however, for the Calgary Stampeders. Some questionable tags heading into Saturday's matchup as the practice week continues. It's time for your Stamps Report with Matty Rose. This, this is the Stamps Report with Matty Rose. The Calgary Stampeders had a day A of the practice week on a Monday. That meant Tuesday was the first day of the normal practice week, although rain did force them inside up in the northwest, so not necessarily normal. Not as easy to practice up in the bubble. Cody Grace almost always hits the roofs with his punts, and the dimensions are a bit wonky for CFL standards. But nevertheless, it was a full practice session ahead of their game Saturday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It was a practice session that was without a couple of key players throughout the club, two of them on offense, 
Running back Kadeen Carey was injured in week one, placed on the six-game injured list ahead of week two, so the team is already down their star running back, and now we wait to see what will happen with receivers Malik Henry and Reggie Bagleton, as well as Sam linebacker Titus Wall. All three of them were mostly watching during Tuesday's session. Dave Dickinson is usually coy on injuries, especially with the league-mandated injury reports instated ahead of last season. So this is what the head coach had to say when asked earlier in the day with a middle question from Post Media's Danny Austin. Sure, you're going to ask, but the, the update is uh, we'll see if we can get him ready to play. That's the update. How about Titus Wall on defense? Same thing. You can ask, but uh, we're going to try to get the best lineup. I hope they're back. I hope they're going to play. Uh, but I'll... Uh, you know, always side on a little bit of caution if, if I feel they're not ready to go. Now it is just the first day of the week, but not ideal to lose your top two receivers in Bangleton and Henry and one of your top defensive players in Wall going into this week three game against Saskatchewan. We'll monitor practice Wednesday and Thursday to see if anybody can get themselves back on the field ahead of the game. One of the kind of veterans who would be asked to shoulder a bigger load, especially on offense, would be second-year receiver Trey Odoms-Dukes. Started 2022 on the practice squad, and he looked good to the point that the club felt he could step in and pick up some of the production that left when the team parted ways with Kamar Jordan. Head coach Dave Dickinson so far has liked what he's seen. He's been a good leader. He's you know He seems like a vet, but he's only been here two years. And... Um... We're getting pretty good play from our receivers. We're, we're really not a, a group that's pretty unselfish. We're, we're not, to me, uh, getting into that point sometimes where throw me the ball, throw me the ball. I think he's been blocking. He's been getting open, doing the little things right. Uh, certainly areas to improve, but doing the right things. Can you play a bigger role? I mean, he is playing a bigger role. It's like I mean, a receiver is only judged on how many catches he gets, but he's doing the right things, and he's getting better. Um, yeah, that's a position in our offense that gets some focal point, but we, we also, some teams uh, you get a lot of throws, some teams you don't. So he's got to be locked into the Stampeder way, which is doing things right. And that's great news for the Stampeders because Odom's Dukes could have a huge role coming up Saturday against Saskatchewan. Another note for the offensive line, uh, Hugh Thornton, the right tackle, missed his start in week two after an ankle injury slowed him down in week one. He and Caleb Beninock, who got the week two start, are battling for playing time a right tackle with Hugh Thornton looking close to a return. You know, Hugh is my vet. He's a guy that I trust. Uh, Caleb, I think, can be an up-and-comer. He needs reps. needs practice time. He needs to be in game time as well. Um, didn't get a lot in training camp. So uh, I want to think in my mind that it's always going to be an open competition as the year goes on for lots of spots. But I think offensive tackle, it's a kind of a prove-it mode. So that's the story on offense. The defense is pretty set going into week three. The Titus Wall injury is certainly notable. It would most likely be Michael Griffin with a heavier role if Wall is unable to return for the game on Saturday. And Griffin would be a solid replacement, although losing Wall is significant. He was one of the guys who probably would have been the Stampeders rookie of the year if he had stayed healthy for his entire rookie season. He was also one of three Stampeders defensive players that were honored by Pro Football Focus's week two grades and a big part of that five turnovers forced by the Stampeders defense against Ottawa. We got five turnovers last game. I mean, if you can do that, you're going to win a lot of football games. And our DBs played pretty confidently. Um, yeah, I do think you're going to be up against some good receivers. Uh, so and quarterback that's throwing the ball very well and on, on time and accurate. So just trust what you see. And, you know, DBs, in my opinion, they still got to play to make the play. They'll get beat, but play to make the play. And, uh, and ultimately, you'll, you'll hopefully get your hands on some balls.
Yeah, five turnovers last game against Ottawa. An outstanding showing from the defense. And it was relayed on Tuesday with the league announcing the pro football-focused highest-rated players of Week 2. Calgary's Julian Hauser defensive end was given the second-best grade in the entire CFL for offensive and defensive players, despite just one tackle for loss and another tackle. But PFF tracks every play. So if he was creating pressure uh, to rush the quarterback, that would help. If he was flushing a running back into the outstretched arms of a teammate, that would help his score. He had the second best mark to only Zach Caleros at 90.6 out of 100. Caleros at 90.8. Also on the list from Calgary, Elliot Graham, who is a special teamer, he was given a 91.8, which was the best score. Trey Roberson at corner, 78.3. Titus Wallet, Sam Linebacker, and 85. All top nods for their respective positions. Had a chance to catch up with one of the top performers of the season thus far by PFF standards after Tuesday's session. We're here with Julian Hauser uh, getting set for uh, your game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, joining the Stampeders for the first time this season. I guess, how's the fit been for you? Uh, it's been great. You know, you've got a good group of guys here and they've made it easy to, you know, smooth, uh, made a smooth transition to fit right in. And yeah, I'm loving it here. Tell me a little bit about Brent Monson's defense and why what he tries to do fits what you can do. Uh, it works for me just the versatility, you know, have guys play multiple spots, drop in the coverage, rush in the passer. Um, I've been doing that for a long time, so, you know, I feel, I feel pretty comfortable in his defense. Do you feel like you're being used kind of to the maximum of your potential? Because like you mentioned, we're watching the game, we're seeing you do a little bit of everything and then obviously getting the results. Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this defense a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you as well, because there's something new with the CFL this year. Pro Football Focus is doing some more stats and things like that. And, mm -hmm. and you tracked as the second best player in the entire CFL at a 90.6. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Uh, it means you know it was a good game last game. You just got to keep building on it, and keep working hard, and you know hopefully that's you know week in and week out. You want to you want to see those kind of numbers. No, in that you had one tackle for loss. You had one tackle, but it's stuff like this that kind of shows guys on the defense are affecting the play without getting the numbers that'll show up on a box score. Does that mean something to you that there's kind of a little bit of a different way to grade? guys like the defense and the offensive line now no yeah definitely you know a lot of guys just look at the stat sheet and think oh you know yeah whatever and had a good game but sometimes it just doesn't work that way so you know it's good to see that you know they're looking at that as well so yeah definitely definitely enjoy that i also asked the defensive coordinator of the stampeders brent monson about what makes julian Hauser fit in so well to his defense oh yeah no it's uh, it's great because uh when you really watch the film i mean he was getting after quarterback all day so that's a big deal you know what i mean whether you're getting home and getting your sacks is not necessary. It's affecting the quarterback, you know what I mean? So we, he did a great job affecting the quarterback. Do you, you, you kind of using him in a spot where, you know, sometimes he'll come off the line, sometimes he'll be back a little bit. Do you like having that Very utility boost? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's great. No, he's awesome. He's been great for us. Effort's huge. Yeah. Effort of the football, part of the grade problem, too. We will see what Julian Hauser can show when he and the Stampeders host the Rough Riders on Saturday. That'll be a 5 o'clock start. Stampeders practice Tuesday and Wednesday before a walkthrough Friday. That's when we will get the depth charts and final resolution on the injuries. Dave Dickinson is set to join the big show with George Russick and I Wednesday morning. That'll be at 7.30. And we might just have a special guest lined up Friday morning as well. Other action this week, Lions and Bombers go Thursday. Alouettes and Tiger Cats go on Friday. Elks and Argos will play on Sunday. The Red Blacks on a bye. With your Stampeders report, I'm Matt Rose. Thank you, Matty. Appreciate that. And I like the little plug there, too. Uh you want to hear Dave Dickinson on the morning show, Maddie's got your info ready to go. Uh, and, yes, we do have the updated Stampeders injury report today uh, to follow up on that Stamps report from Matt. 
Uh, Reggie Bagleton dealing with a rib injury, did not participate in practice. Same for Malik Henry, who is dealing with a chest injury. DB Nick Stats uh, is dealing with a foot injury. He was limited. It's a DNP for uh, Shaquille St. Lot as well, another DB, uh, dealing with a hamstring injury. And unfortunately, a full DNP for Titus Wall at DB. Uh, James Waters at uh, defensive end dealing with a lower leg injury. He was limited in practice today. So not great news for the Calgary Stampeders when it comes to the injury report, but uh, we'll get a final estimation, as Matt said, coming from Dave Dickinson a little bit later on this week. We go from the Stampeders report to the Jays report. Uh, it hasn't been uh, as lovely of an outlook for the Jays of late, uh, but Taylor's got the latest with today's Jays report. Time now for the Jays report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. The Toronto Blue Jays had absolutely nothing going for them against the Miami Marlins as they got shut out 11-0. The scoreless outing ended the 91-game streak without being shut out, dated back to last season. Bobachette was the only Blue Jay to get on base twice in what was an offensive disaster, totaling only seven hits as a team. Luis Arise almost had more hits than the whole entire Jays roster, he went 5-for-5 five five and hitting an even 400 on this season. On the pitching side, Jose Barrios got the start and allowed five earned runs on eight hits. Nate Pearson also had a rough outing with five earned runs on four hits and just one out. Jays manager John Schneider talked about how the team is going to reset before game two. New day tomorrow, and, um, you know, guys will be rebounding in the bullpen. And, um, you know, hopefully you just get back to, you know, quality starts. Uh, lining guys up. Obviously, you got to score some runs, too. The Jays and Marlins meet again tonight with Yusei Kikuchi on the mound for the Jays, and the Marlins will send out 20-year-old Yuri Perez, who has a 1.80 ERA in seven games. Kikuchi has yet to face the Marlins in his MLB career. However, he has won his last three away games. With a loss tonight, the Blue Jays could fall to last place in the AL East if the Red Sox also pick up a win against the Twins. That's your Jays report for this Tuesday. First pitch will go at 4.40 p.m. Listen to the game right here on Sportsnet 960. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that. Uh, Yes, not great for the Toronto Blue Jays right now. They'll look to bounce back tonight. You can listen to the game right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. And uh, Taylor, you haven't loved the narrative out there. I've been sharing some tweets with you uh, around the Twitterverse. Uh, Many people speculating that perhaps Don Mattingly could uh, take over for John Schneider in the near future. You don't love that idea. I don't. I really like John Schneider as the manager, and I think there are many more problems than John Schneider for this team. Yeah, that's always the problem, I think, and it was one that unfortunately sort of pigeonholed John Schneider in this. It's that the the coach or the manager is always the easy option, right? And that's it's it's frustrating because – has he been has the team performed remarkably better under John Schneider than they did under Charlie Montoya? No, I don't think they have. But as me and Ted have talked about, and as you heard, he hasn't had a full season yet. So can I really judge him on that? And again, the coach and the manager, they don't play. They don't play the games. They're not out there at, at every bat. Yes, they can have an influence on the game as far as pitching decisions go, uh, you know, we know about the the blunder of a couple weeks ago with Alec Manoa and having to pull him in the second inning because uh, John Schneider wasn't uh, 100% aware of how the rulings changed this year. I get that, but 
on an overall basis, I don't really care who the manager is. I'm kind of with Taylor that this team just should be better. And the problem is they're now at this point where they need to have the results. They can't wait for the next guy to come and bring the results, whoever that next manager may be. They they need to start winning now. They're in a win now type of mode. And if all of a sudden they feel like changing out John Schneider is going to get the reaction that they need, then maybe that's the road that they go down. But there's just too many other issues with this Jays team. You know, poor performance against the, their own division has been number one for me this year. And look, I mean, there's a lot of conversation around, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And he's got nine home runs on the season, but he's hitting over 300. Are you paying him to be a... 300 hitter or do you want to pay him to be a power hitter that drives in runs and that's a conversation that we're having what what does the future look like in the next couple of weeks for Alec Manoa and this Jays team uh, the time is it feels early but it's it's really not that early in, in terms of this season and especially in an American league that looks like it's going to be super competitive because your division is all of a sudden five teams deep and no one really expected that to happen. I mean, three for sure. I think you can easily say that the Yankees, Rays, and Jays were going to be likely playoff participants or around the playoff conversation. I don't know that we expected Baltimore to take as big of a step. Boston's been more competitive than I expected them to be, and you have less divisional games this year if you're the Toronto Blue Jays to make up that ground in division you just you have to be you really have to be an above average team everywhere else in all these other series and they just haven't been that and uh this team is spending too much money to be uh, a team on the outside looking in when it comes to the postseason and that's got to change very very quickly i don't know exactly i don't have the answers as to what john schneider can do um maybe we see a major shakeup in the lineup one of these days maybe we see some guys um taking some time off to, to get things right when it comes to their mechanics and just decision-making. Uh, it's a tough spot for them, but uh, they've really got to get it on track, and it can start tonight. Another 440 first pitch uh, against the Florida Marlins. We will take you out to pregame in just a few moments' time. We're going to wrap up the show here on a Tuesday. Thank yous on the day. Cam, Shan, Taylor, great job. My outstanding production team. As always, doing a great job here at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. Our guest today, Adam Vinion and Chad Fike. You can find both of those interviews uh, up on the podcast, wherever you get your favorite pods, Google, Amazon, Spotify, etc. And uh, thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. We appreciate it. We will be back tomorrow, different time, and with a special guest host tomorrow, Aaron Vickers, going to join us. For a special Wednesday edition of the show, Hockey Hall of Fame announcements, the class expected tomorrow afternoon. We'll dive into that. Uh, some NHL news uh, around the league to get into. We'll also uh, do some free agent rankings with Vickers when it comes to the Calgary Flames. So lots to get to. Looking forward to that show tomorrow, and we will continue to give away Stampede Super Passes. So keep it locked in. Uh, appreciate everyone and their hard work. We are off to Jay's pregame Next, and then at 440, it's first pitch right here on Sportsnet 960. Jays and Marlins. Have yourself a great evening. We will be back tomorrow for another edition of Sportsnet Today 
right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.